Welcome to Hillside Diet. Thanksgiving stinks. Being old is awesome. I believe twins should be separated at birth. The Bachelor is the perfect way to find love. Adults who like Disneyland are deeply unwell. Today, I have one of my all-time favorite people here to guest. Uh, he is a writer slash actor slash comedian for shows such as Praise PD, Best Foot Forward, and Miracle Workers. Uh, and he was selected as a 2022 Just for Laughs new face, which is, I'm starstruck as a friend. Uh, he is also just a remarkably funny human and the sweetest of friends and one of my just favorite humans that I've ever gotten to work with. Please welcome to the podcast, Andrew Farmer. Taylor. Yeah. That's the kindest thing I've ever heard. I'm really thrilled to be here amongst the hills. I'm honestly so thrilled. And I have to, you know, butter you up so then you don't feel as bad when I crush you I, in I, the debate that's to come. I've been clamoring for this opportunity to be to be crushed in a debate. <laughs> Fantastic, because that's what we've got going for you. Uh, it's so nice to see you. I miss you so much. I miss you too. That what a delight to have you in my in my very own home. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. Oh I, my I gosh. realized yeah, mostly most of the time I have people over and this time I was like, no Andrew, I'm coming over. And you did such a delicate well I, well I should make sure with Chris that I can have the house. No, it's like it's, great. It's because do. you're so accommodating. It's because you're so accommodating. I was like, I want to make sure that she's not just coming over because she doesn't want me to have to go anywhere. Oh, you know what I we're mean? We're also truly neighbors, not yeah. even just LA neighbors. Like we live <laughs> so close, it's actually like it really bananas. Is a, it really is a big thrill. But I love living near people who are kind. <laughs> My little heart. <laughs> that, yes, that is good. Much, much. I know. Than living I, I really, I, we've had a lot of villainous neighbors in the past. So this, right, yeah, sure, yes. actively harmful. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. So, so I think that's a really good low bar to set. Yeah. Living next to people who don't aren't out for you. It's it's just nice that you and Mike don't wish Chris and I explicit harm. Not I, I think that's all you want. If yeah. you can't hear it through our walls, <laughs> of course we do not. Except today in this debate, uh, which when you first texted me this, I burst out laughing uh, because I can't wait. It feels so you. Would you please tell me what that hill is? My hill is we need to give vampires a rest because we've diluted them culturally to the point that they don't mean anything anymore. Amazing. I can't wait to put that sentence on your hill. <laughs> <laughs> they take up too much cultural space. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the first question I have for you, uh, do you have a villain origin story? Like, what did you, did this just pop into your head or have you always felt this way? Okay, well, as as you know, like, I sent you a few initial ideas for Hills I'd Die On. And yeah, then you're going to come and sudden, do all of them. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I was like, this has been something that's bothered me from the time I was a very little kid. And I, I want, let me just get ahead of this. Okay. I, I'm a big horror fan. I love vampires. I, I read Dracula. That was one of like the first like classic books I ever read when I was a kid. Loved it. I was, I was Dracula, my fourth Halloween classic costume. Your fourth Halloween. My fourth Halloween. So, yeah. Yeah. As a child. <laughs> the I guess, marker of I guess life. I should say. Yeah. <laughs> and on my fourth Halloween. Well, I've had 34 <laughs> Halloweens thus far. Yeah. Um, it, it's not about not appreciating vampires. It's just that at this point, they are so everywhere and they have they have occupied every conceivable space in horror that I just feel like we've gotten to the point where we might as well just say, like, this is a scary person. It, vampire <laughs> can mean anything now. And, and there's a lot of cultural interpretations of vampires that I find more interesting sure. than this, like, sort of vague, sexy, pale fangs. Okay. I, I hear that. I hear that and see that. I I, I appreciate you for being thoughtful in, <laughs> in acknowledging that you are a monster fan because I mm -hmm. was surprised that you wanted to take any monster out of the zeitgeist, I quite know, frankly. I, right. And I, and I should clarify, it's not that I think they need to be removed. It's in the same way that like 
we've had, remember like that feeling of having so many iterations of Spider-Man? Yes. That suddenly you're like, I feel like now Spider-Man's kind of anything. Sure. I just feel like we need to give a breather to vampires Mm -hmm. so that we can re-engage with them with some fresh eyes and some new ideas. You know what I find interesting about that? I was doing some research on them because I was like, wow, there are so many more versions of vampire story and series. And I I actually did a really quick wiki. There have been at least 90 live action shows about vampires, 31 animated shows. And for some reason on Wikipedia, it says there have been 10 web series, which I just find hilarious because there have clearly been probably 10 (laughs) million web series, but it says 10. It's so funny to imagine that there are like roughly over a hundred web series in existence. Absolutely. Um, However, they tend, there tends to be like almost a stock market-esque ebb and flow oh yeah so you have gotten the moments of reprieve like there was in our lifetime we of course had like the twilight era oh yeah but then there was a huge pause after twilight true blood and then a resurgence as of late with uh Uh, interview with a vampire yeah sure which which again i i appreciate at least there we're going we're like we're we're, they're giving us gay vampires which i I mean i think think vampires inherently are gay but um (laughs) another great hill (laughs) i know what am i doing this should have been (laughs) vampires are inherently gay i mean by all means if ever there was a side for a side (laughs) tangent let's you you add an addendum to the hill here's maybe what i'm because because you're right there have been ebbs and flows i think vampires are always there even if even if there isn't like a huge franchise at the forefront of what's going on culturally we're talking we're talking talking Halloween merchandise. We're talking just the most basic costume of all. Yeah. Just like a little bit of white pancake makeup on. But I guess to me, vampires are scary, blood-sucking creatures of the night. Sure. And this turn to making them like Riverdale hot every, and like, and that that is the like agreed upon idea of vampirism is to me, this could be any scary thing. You right. know what I mean? And we've just let vampires become so... um saturated in like teen cutie pie sure, sort of business in the YA space. That, that we're losing <laughs> track of like like people are scared and like titillated by vampires and to just like reduce them to like their most basic twink form I don't think I don't think we're not pushing the narrative forward in any way. Interesting. Okay. To that, as you pointed out, vampires have evolved quite a bit in their Mm -hmm. storytelling. You know, back in the day we had like, you know, they were scary and grotesque. You know, they were meant to be feared, explain away pain, things we didn't understand. Right. After that, it evolved a little more. Uh, Someone who walks among us, but Mm -hmm. we don't know who they are. They look like us, but they still, you know, maintain this like elusive allure. Then they've evolved to sexy, sexy vampire time. (laughs) Right. Which, uh, uh, you know, fascinating everyday vampires, but but hot. Mm-hmm. And I think we are actually hitting more than that now, where now vampires can be anything. I mean, what about what we do in the shadows? Where yes. we've got like the kooky vamps come into town. They're just like us. Right. And what I'm trying to say, Andrew, is that vampire representation matters. <laughs> and I just feel like you're trying to kill this new representation that we are having. I see, okay, here's here's my the one. The one thing I will give you is that what we do in the shadows, I think, is a very fun return to form for vampires. Fantastic. Because I think it's really great to think of vampires as Euro trash. When you think of the the like original formation of like the European vampire, it's like dusty old aristocracy in a castle somewhere with like outdated clothes. Absolutely. Like probably been inbred somewhere along the line. <laughs> like that is very appealing to me. Um, in, in the same way that like werewolves, I'm a, I was a werewolf kid. Some sure. kids are vampire kids. I was a werewolf kid. I, I will fully admit it. My axe to grind is not about a competition between werewolves and vampires. Okay, I, I think they should be on the same team. I don't think they should <laughs> ever be in conflict with each other. I don't know why that has become 
the um, the major trope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or Underworld. I mean, I think even Underworld kind oh, of, yeah. which that was a, like it was just happening a lot. Even there was an Evanescence music video in which they're you know it, it's a <laughs> it's a vampire werewolf couple. I I think to me maybe what I'm what I'm um, hanging my hat on here is that vampires inherently are um, we need to like t- like tap in with why they're taboo, which I think what we do in the shadows does very well. You know. Vampires have been around forever. Clearly, the idea of a creature that like is undead and lives off the blood of other people in the same way that like there's a Bigfoot in every culture, there's a vampire in every culture, which I think is great. Um, Bram Stoker kind of mishmashes all of them into one cohesive vampire idea. But the crazy thing, if you like read Dracula, which is nuts, A, back to vampires inherently queer. Um, <laughs> you do get a sense of Bram Stoker being a deeply closeted man because every, huh. like every character in that book is like all these different types of hot men and they're all good friends. And if they, if like the person that they propose to says no, they're like, well then all, all of us hot men will be like devoted to each other, which I think is very fantastic. Yeah. I mean, a little bit later in life, Bram Stoker said about a, a bunch of homophobic things. So, you know, he's not mm. without... It's complicated. Yeah, Sexual yeah, yeah, is complicated. Yeah, but the thing about like Dracula is every the, the description of like what it means to get your like neck sucked on. It's like sex from like the chest up. Yeah. You know? um, and so it's like in a way what he was doing is like that was a very taboo thing back then. Now, the idea of like cutie vampire, it just becomes like a stand in for any like new or different kid. And what I'm saying is. Vampire representation does matter, but let's see some other weird cultural monsters step into the limelight. You know, like what's what's sexy about like a mud man? Let's figure that out. You know, <laughs> there's got to be something. <laughs> we used to like watching women mud wrestle. Yeah. Now let's try to figure yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like. Uh, mud people of all genders. Like, let's figure it out. Let let let, let find find the um. Find the taboo in there to follow. My favorite new task is going to be making make <laughs> monster sexy. Not yes. just bring it to the forefront, no. but knowing that the only way to do so is by making them. Oh hot. yeah, yeah. I love that challenge. Let's get you know what what's the sexy version of a Mongolian death woman? Yeah. You know, like let's get that into the mix. <laughs> was it whatever? Uh, what was it? Heidi Klum was for Halloween oh, yeah. this year. That, oh my, you're right. Actually, that is she was kind of a Mongolian death worm. Yeah, and yeah. Arguably sexy and. <laughs> <laughs> Just those dead eyes laying on a red carpet. Wow. Disturbed. Really disturbed. Okay. If you had one, uh, is it werewolves that you would, you would replace the vampire? Well, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like werewolves have have had pretty good representation too. They, They don't really in the past, like several years, they don't really have a definitive um, cultural moment. You know, there have been like some fun werewolf reinventions in the past couple of years. There hasn't been one that's been like, well, this is a masterpiece. Right. They're primarily like opportunities for great special effects. So it's like, I love werewolves. I'm saying let's go to some real third and fourth rung. Oh, great. You know, monster figures. What are we talking? I mean, like I'm someone who is fascinated by cryptids, which are, um, you know, things like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, the Chupacabra. Sure. So like some lesser known cryptids, I really... I really would like to see um, there's a thing called the uh, carnivorous pink mist, which is a northern northern Florida um, uh, cryptid or or it could just be like a phenomenon. Basically, there is this uh, patch of woods, I believe somewhere in northern Florida in which um, hunters disappear and then they just find their bones. No and way. people talk about like a carnivorous pink mist that like settles in town and just like eats eats people up. Um, I'm not sure whether that is like Who a are we chemical, casting as the, as the carnivorous pink, pink mist? mist? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess, well, here's the thing. 
Maybe it's just I want to see a music video with Megan Thee Stallion as the carnivorous pink mist. <laughs> great. Great start. Um, I just I feel like something about her oeuvre feels right for I, that. Yeah, I also like that that's her version of putting herself on tape to see if she can carry the entire future <laughs> film. <laughs> that's true. And, and then if we want to go if we want to go in a dramatically different direction. I, again, weirdly, I'm thinking like Edward Norton, someone who we think of as being um, maybe maybe kind of cerebral, but who is like suspiciously hot in moments that you don't expect. There was that period of time when he really had abs and it was like, <laughs> I can't, Edward Norton has abs. This is crazy. Or also like like a music group, like a whole band. Fun. Playing a, playing the Carnivorous Pink Mist. Yeah. Fun. Very yeah, fun. Who are the hot? Who, I don't mean like hot as in like who's who are the kids listening to? Yeah. Like. Who are the attractive bands now? Are we? Am I exposing the like fact who, that we just like? Who, I was gonna say that you're about to, because I was about to just panic yell Blackpink <laughs> as the Blackpink myth. Mist. <laughs> but yeah, Carnivorous Pink Mist is good. Um, I also, I mean, the Dover Demon is kind of fun. That's like a little kind of. It, some people think it's an alien, but it's like a little like pale, big-headed, big-eyed thing with no mouth. Can these characters yeah. turn human? Like oh oh that's a good point because I Who feel can like fade that's, into yeah that's a with huge the pink element. mist I feel like I can see us playing it yeah almost a la werewolf yep, right yep transformation Which I think the big thing with vampires getting representation is that there's no moment where they are like not themselves quote unquote like it mm -hmm. feels like with werewolves it's the the moon comes out right and then they have no control over what they do yeah vampires are almost more maniacal in a way which lends itself to playing more of like a human analogy right yeah versus these things that can't control it but the pink mist you could possibly control that's if a you can point. turn it on and off could make for some fascinating i like that a lot also i'm really into the idea of like headless creatures making fun a, making a comeback um, like the Dunedain. There are some really like great, bizarre, headless creatures, um, specifically like in Asia that like, I forget what country it's from, but there's some like vampire alternative, which is a person who does not know they're a monster at all. And they go to bed and then their head detaches from their body and flies around no and, and sucks way. people's blood. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking that's about. Amazing. Imagine yeah. marrying someone and then it turns out that their head can fly. Like their head exists independently from their body but as they a monster. Don't know it. Yes. And you have to be like, babe, I was up and I swear. <laughs> I know. I couldn't sleep because the whole night your head was just like after me. <laughs> Is there a sleep apnea machine for that? Like, how do we that, keep it on? Oh my god. I mean, wouldn't that be a great movie? Yeah, one thousand percent, Andrew. I would watch any monster movie you write. Oh, uh, so please, my headless husband. My <laughs> That would be so good. And the husband's like, literally, what are you talking about? Yeah, 100%. Has yeah. No, it's, it's a woman who's driven insane because yes. her own partner won't believe what's wrong with him. <laughs> and wow. And what does that say about wow? It, yeah. it, precisely. Interesting. I think, or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, real quick. Back to uh, vampires need to have less uh, presence in right. culture. My one point for you is that I don't want to be that person who shames you for um, trying to correct one problem um, <laughs> because I think there are other problems you should care about, but it's exactly what I'm going to do Please. Uh, because I think that before we get rid of vampires, we need to get rid of zombies. That You know, I think that's fair. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. I'm so bored of them. I know. They and don't do anything. They eat humans, but they can't like feel right. such a like... We've kind of... We've kind kind of done everything oh we can God. with them for a while. I have had enough. Right. I have had enough. I don't care. How are we still doing this? At least with vampires, we can get different personalities. Yeah. We can start to bring it back. I am done I, with zombies. It's so funny. Like I used to get together with a big group of friends who were not what you'd think of as like horror fans. And we would watch the walking dead every Sunday together. And I, I don't even know that we liked it. I think we were just watching it. Cause it, yeah. again, it felt like this is a show that everyone's watching. And then truly after the 2016 election, 
in a very like one to one like like liberal bubble way, we were all just like, I just never want to see the show. Again. I just and, disbanded. And, and then we've lived, and then we've like lived through. We're living through a pandemic. Yes. It's like I just feel like let's table zombies for a second uh, in yes. the same way. And and I agree that the use of them as a background obstacle to like expose human nature. Yes, or whatever. I mean it's an allegory for pandemic or yes. an epidemic or whatever it is. Any and social change. Yes, I mean of that's course, yeah. yes. but I understand, but it's like we haven't changed up that trope in the same way that with vampires it's like we got to figure out a different way to express our sexuality through monsters. <laughs> you know, like I, I just, I, I think maybe it's also because like vampires are dead. They, like their blood doesn't move in their body. Like how are they going to get, how are they going to get erections? How are they going to produce sexual fluid? Like <laughs> I just, I have a lot of questions. So your issue is with the technical factors of sex with vampires yes. well, more a, so than the representation. <laughs> this is a dead being i also would love to see the sketch where it's like it starts out with horny yeah. like oh sexy vampire and then it devolves into none of it works it's right. physically impossible it, let's it, watch that it's also like if you go back to the roots of the roots of like why people believed in vampires it's like when you dig up a body its stomach swells and the lips recede and the finger uh the fingers recede and so it looks like your nails are still growing and that your teeth are growing oh, no way. while your like stomach is expanding that is a scary thing to think that right? is so cool with, with i like, did not know this right with like a lack of of awareness of like how bodies decompose right like that's that's cool and that's scary um it's not that i don't think it's not that i don't think legends are allowed to evolve yes but i do think that like we just we've like completely we're now doing like riffs off of film adaptations of aggregations of vampire myths <laughs> that it just feels like let's now I will say like in countries where vampires have different um, mythologies mm -hmm. like I know in, in Bollywood there's like a whole rich vampire history or, or vampire movie industry there. Um, that are just like very different than our own. How so? You know? um, I can't speak to specifically what, and this is where, again, I feel like I'm about to get demolished in this debate because I can't say specifically what no, not at these all, cultural, what these, <laughs> what these cultural things. But I think like um, there are, there's like a whole uh, tradition of like hopping vampires, which is like you know, this is not India, but it's like you know a vampire because like they move around by hopping, which I think is kind of wild. <laughs> um, and then also there are vampires like. Like we have the idea that like vampires can turn into mist and carnivorous pink mist, maybe mm -hmm. <laughs> um, bats, wolves. Uh, they have control over rats and things like that. Mm -hmm. and I, but and I feel like like the bat thing that's everywhere, right? Sure. Um, the control of rats. I mean, didn't even, know that one. Even if even if we did a little more of that, I think that'd be great. You just don't want another reboot. Yeah, and I think I think it's like I just want us to freshen up the trope, and that's why that's why I think like vampires need to like take a back seat for a bit because it's, it's not to say that there aren't periods of time, which va the vampire films don't do better or worse at the box. Of office. course. It's just that I think like when we take these breaks, we need to like come back with some interesting ideas about vampires. Got it. Like here. And I'll say like, I will even give credit to the twilight franchise as, as wild ass as it is to be like sparkling skin. And you know, like I going to high school, like that loving that's so baseball. crazy, loving baseball, <laughs> Oh man, or like having special powers, or yeah, like yeah. weird babies. Um, yeah. <laughs> at, at the very least, like that's doing something new. But now we're, we have like series that are proceeding as though like Twilight is the mythology of vampires. You're so right. And so it, it's it's actually not evolving; it's diluting. You Interesting. Know?
So, so yeah. it's not that you want less representation. You want better representation of vampires. Yes. And I think in order to do that, vampires need to let other monsters come to the forefront. Great. They need to, you know? they need to let, yes. I, I, I can't disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I would, I'm also here for monster representation. So. I mean, like, again, I'll throw, I'll throw another cryptid out there. Like the skunk ape. What? Yeah. I love, oh, tell me what so the skunk, skunk ape. Think of skunk, skunk ape, ape as like smelly Bigfoot, essentially. Okay. It's just, this, is a, this is a creature that lives in the swamps. I, I, I'm from Florida, so a lot of these things will be Florida. Amazing. Also, Florida has a ton of cryptids for whatever reason. I, I mean, actually not for whatever reason. I think we all are very aware of why yes. Florida would have you. <laughs> but like a, a creature who people are, are drawn to for strange. Uh, I think like the clear problem with Swamp Ape, right, is that Swamp Ape's not going to fit in. Sw Swamp Ape's not going to be like you're going to be clear who Swamp Ape is. But I think a potential thing is kind of in the same way that there are. Um, and, and I'm talking like I don't mean to harp on like romance stuff because I think. I think there can obviously be overlap between monsters and romance. I think that's fine. Um, <laughs> and if we were to do that with Skunk Ape, I mean, sometimes you have a crush on someone who people are like, why are you into that person? You're so right. And it's like, I can see a very um, compelling, maybe a little scary, uh, confusing, disconcerting, but ultimately heartwarming um, experience of like someone falling for like a hulking thing that lives in the swamp. Skunk Ape the Rom-Com by Andrew Farmer <laughs> has been optioned, ladies and gentlemen. My entire life savings. Yeah, thank you very is much. Invested. That is so funny. I, I, I think that's beautiful. I really do think it's beautiful to think of the monsters that are not in human form yeah. can still prevail to tell human stories. Right, right, Is where right, we're right. at. Because you're right. I mean, it's like the zombies look a little more human so they sort of get in the forefront werewolves start human they get in the forefront but now it's time to really let our special effects shine yeah i mean this is what they're for right you're so right and and to and to show us something new you're so right um i mean i even think like it's it's been funny in recent years to see how like creepy pastas have like we've created these new horror monster tropes like slender man but or like the black eyed children have you heard of that oh one my God, that's very scary horrifying. or momo what's or, wait, what's momo momo's well, this is a this is a wild one momo was like there was some installation art piece of like a a sort of frightening looking woman with bulging eyes who had chicken like facial features oh my god um and there was like a rumor that momo was appearing in like youtube videos encouraging children to harm themselves there was no truth to this whatsoever got it but it was like that was a story that took off and then have you heard of this like um with the i don't know all this ai artwork have you heard of this like ghastly woman who's appearing that like ai has created what yes i, I her name is escaping me right now but i want to see that rom-com we <laughs> hold on the ai has created yes she's like this kind of villainous looking woman is appearing in all these AI artwork pieces. No way. The ones that we're doing via yes. those apps? Yes. And, and But the thing is, like how it started is that someone put like gibberish letters into the AI, like a weird name. And then it was like, here's this terrifying looking woman. And then anytime you put the, that like made up name into an AI, it like creates this it exact one. It knows woman. who you're referencing. And that to me is like... If you matched on Bumble with this one, like that, I feel like it'd be so much fun. Again, like that might reinvigorate elements of the vampire myth and lore that are like new and exciting Absolutely. by letting other creatures of the night take the forefront. It'll be inspiring. It'll I be think inspiring. so. I really think so. I love that. Where do you get all your monster knowledge? Well, I mean, I, I ran a podcast with our mutual yes, friend Anna Dresden yes. for several years. And so we would we, we would be alerted very often by, okay. by not just well-trod territory monsters, but also like 
hyper specific regional monsters. Even some got cr- kind of created on the podcast. There was one named uh, Dead Mikey. I, this, this honestly was this was like one of my favorite mysteries. This listener had sent in a message about a figure named Dead Mikey who was inspired by a piece of clip art that terrified her little brother when when he was a child. And we were like trying to search for this clip art. We finally did, which was pretty amazing. And I get it. It was a scary image. It was a scary piece of clip sure. art. Um, and but I but I think like just because we're living in a more advanced age doesn't mean there's not room for for like new monsters to come to you know come to play. I mean I Megan, you. Meg M three Egan. Yep. Um, uh, I feel like a lot of great opportunity there. Great. You know, there was Barbarian Mother. I know. My gosh, did you did you like Barbarian? I didn't see it. <gasps> I am. Oh I, I, man, Andrew, you have to know. I am scared of everything. <laughs> I'm so scared of everything. My knowledge. I'm gonna have nightmares about freaking Pink Mist tonight. Oh my gosh, because yeah. my brain is. I was very much a child. If it's not super clear, who was yeah. raised like only allowed to watch Nickelodeon, <laughs> so it was like pretty much exclusively like wackadoo. But ends happy. Yeah. And so I, I my, your brain brain is so much different than mine in a way that I find so beautiful wow. uh, but I was never I sort of missed it I missed it so uh-huh. and I think since then I just have never really adopted a love of scary things I will say however I did go to my first haunted maze on Lexapro oh wow queen I was the queen Wh- which, of the haunted which, hayride which one did you go for uh Griffith Park <gasps> family oh, friendly wasn't that fun so I th- fun I was so scared in years past and I was able to go through those haunted houses and be like you know, I'm having a nice time. Taylor, I had a jump scare that didn't debilitate me. I honestly, I have to say, Griffith Park really turned it out this year. I completely agree. Yeah, the the one the one that was like themed about like trick or treating, like you were going house to house. Yes, that was so good. And everybody, listeners, there was a part that shook me to my very core, and it was the simplest scare in the world. It, you entered into a dark hallway, and at the very end of the hallway, all you could see was the silhouette of a person, and it, you were just like, "Well, I'm walking towards this person," <laughs> and then all of a sudden. They shine a flashlight under their head and they start running towards you and then they turn the flashlight off so you can't see anything. Scary. It was so so well done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Drugs have helped my ability to understand. Although I went with a group of people who hated it. Mike and I were so excited to take (gasps) people because we were like, we are evolved. We are medicated. We can do this. Come join us in our new medicated journey. And our friends were fucking scared and they didn't want to be a part. And one of my friends who actually made a horror movie this year that like crushed was sitting on the haunted ride, covering his eyes and closing his ears and was like, no, I have no control over this. I can't be a part of this. That is, see, it's so interesting. You got to join our haunted house crew next year. I'm so Because the, we're truly a group of like um, comedians who fear everything. Uh, really? But but something about being something about being together in a group. Like I, I don't know. I mean, also much smarter people than I have have talked about like the different way. This is going to get real fun. The different ways in which like privilege is expressed through how much you like scary things, really? which is like, I want to see what it's like to oh, be afraid. Sure, okay, sure, sure, sure. You know, yes, like, yes, yes. you know, I, I get it. I get it. I <laughs> like fully I've understand. never had anything like this. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. Like, just uh, something to make me fear for my life. Yes. Like I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. We go to not scary farm. Which I've heard of this. Go. Yeah. It, it, and that one, here's what I appreciate. I, again, this is about like um, reinvigorating the tropes of scary things. The haunted house themes there are weird. One of them is like, haunted coral reef or like um <laughs> fun yeah or like a really really good one is it's called dark ride i think this was its last year it doesn't exist anymore <sighs> after this i'm sad to say but it was like themed like a carnival dark ride like which is essentially just any ride that is like inside that mm-hmm. has like moving figures but that you are walking along the track like you have gotten off of your cart like, now yes. you're walking around and it's so dramaturgically sound 
And I was also like, I've never seen anything like this before. Like the, the idea, the idea of like playing with the trope of like, like going backstage at a haunted house and like finding what's scary about backstage, which is that the, the haunted house is being like run by maniacs, which I think like, that's very fun. Absolutely. But man, that haunted coral reef one that gets me, that gets me together. It's amazing. Yeah, man. And, And it's, and it's like, it's not like pirates. We're not talking about pirates. It's like fish. We're talking like haunted fish. <laughs> there's like, there, at one point there's like, um, you enter in, into this area where there's a mist settled perfectly at waist level. Is it pink? Uh, no, I would, I would give, Oh man, a haunted house. That's, that's carnivorous pink mist themed. I would love that. Next year. Keep going. Um, but yeah, all, all this, anyway, you enter into, into this room where it, like the mist is at your waist level and there is, um, a green laser that is projected across it. So it looks like you're wading through like swampy water that is so and the people great. are hiding under the mist no, and they jump up at no, you and it's so good. No, but, but, nightmare. but all this is to, to, to return back to my point. I I'm on the vampire side here. Okay. Like I want to see us do something interesting and new with vampires. And I think in order to do that kind of in the same way that like Coke needed to come up with new Coke to be like, Oh, what do people actually like about Coke? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that's sort of the trajectory I'm talking about with vampires. I respect it very much. I have a quick game for you. Basically, as we've discussed, there are several different types of vampires. And I just want to know the order in which they should be removed from the cultural zeitgeist. (laughs) So we've got, so we've got, um, you can be like a kill Mary bang, if you will. Uh, we've got, you know, gothic classic vampire, honey, like OG Dracula's. Uh, we've got sexy time, hunk guy, vampire, Mm -hmm. um, Edward Cullen types. We've got the quirky comedy vampire, you know, the Nandors of the world. And we've got the vampires. They're just like us, uh, that are in most of the web series that didn't make it to Wikipedia. Okay. I'm not going to fully toss it. I'm just going to de-emphasize vampires are just like us because they're not, they're not the sun burns them. They've, they've died. (laughs) They were like us. That's what's compelling is that they were once like us and now they're horrible creatures of the night. And that is both scary. Mm -hmm. That is both like uh, complicated because Mm -hmm. then that makes you think like, what would I do if I was turned into a monster? Yes. Like that is the frightening thing. If all they do is like need to drink blood sometimes yeah. and like have better cheekbones, like that is like, <laughs> I mean, like welcome to LA. I mean, that's just, you know, yeah. like I know plenty of people who do both those things. Yes. Um, so I think like, like that to me is the bottom of the list. Okay, great. You're out of here vampires. Cause you're not like us. Yeah. And then I think that, then I think sexy hunk is just above that. Okay. Because like I under, again, I understand the origins of like specifically when a lot of people talk about vampires as being a decidedly like not for men for like cis men monster, mm-hmm. you know, because like this is talking about like both pleasure and pain that is not um, below the waist penetrative, you know? Right. Um, and that you are you, like, you are thinking about like pleasure as a, um, a, 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 as a both like mental and physical thing. Right. You know? And that like people talk about vampires as being like about foreplay and things like that. So I think like, I understand where that fits in the scheme of things. I do think that what has happened and I don't think it began with Twilight. I think it's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think I think what, when we made vampires like full on hunks, that's when I'm like, I just don't think that's the deal. Or like that was revolutionary at one point. Yeah. But now I don't know. Like you could make you could make a hunk any monster at all. 
And I think vampires aren't bringing anything new to the conversation if they're also hunks. Great. You know what I mean? Get them. Um, By the way, really quickly off that, um, I'm sure you knew this, but Fifty Shades of Grey was originally Twilight fanfic. <gasps> and someone did what? study. Yeah, isn't that? I did so not know this. Yeah, it was originally Twilight fanfic. Oh. And so it ushered in a whole generation of horny housewife reading. Uh, so one of my debates for you is yeah. that um, do you not want the housewives to have their horny porn books? <laughs> I mean, are you trying to take the horny porn no, books no, from no, the no. housewife? I want them. I want them to have. A, I want them to have more options in the horny uh, books great, they have. Great. You okay. know, I believe in a, a lush, robust uh, uh, market for a horny library. books. Yes, it, yes there should yes, be yes. more libraries covered in them. Come, not just that yes. one book. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. So, so what I'll say, and like why, 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 um, sexy vampires isn't at the bottom for me is that I think there is a way for them to be sexy that that feels like new and exciting. Great, but right now it's just like slightly paler hunk, and it's like you know, move to Seattle. It's all gonna be like you'll be fine. Amazing. Um, so then above that, oh, this gets tight because I I really do like. Funny self-referential vampire. I think I've got to. I, I think I've got to bump gothic vampire to I the top. Okay. Um, I'm, I, I do. I, I I appreciate the classics. I have a lot of respect for them. I, I am a big Bela Lugosi fan. I do think his performance in the original Dracula is really good. When you look up the reviews, because so he played Dracula on Broadway, which is how he got cast. Oh, no in that film. I did not know that. And um, people that know how to talk about men as being sexy in print back then, which is so funny. So it would be all these people who are like, there's something alluring about this, like, frightening, dark-eyed man. Like, it's so funny to think about. Um, also, <laughs> like, look up old pictures of Bela Lugosi. Like, he played Jesus. He plays all these, like, no on, on stage. And he's like, he he is a certified hunk, but in a way that is, like, different from what the mainstream, mainstream, like, attractive meter would have sure. been back then like he is not he does not have like a strong jaw and classically handsome features but you can't deny that this person has sex appeal. he's the, he was the old school adam uh, drive or what, yeah, yes, yes, yes exactly exactly like you can't put your finger on it's like why is this person hot some people feel that way about benedict cumberbatch he's not my cup of tea but it is that same thing Got of like it. there's something like alien and um unusual is about, a something yes call it. yes but it's the it factor but i but i think like why Funny vampire and um, gothic vampire go hand in hand to me is that like vampires take themselves seriously like like <laughs> and what we and what we do in the shadows they do and it's like it's so funny because they they care so much you yeah know? and I think like that is part of the deal like they've lived for hundreds and hundreds of years you know in order to commit to being a vampire like. It would suck. You wouldn't want to be a vampire. Absolutely like, not. Why? I'm sure there are plenty of vampires, if they were real, that like would just be like, I'm not doing this. I'm just going to wait until the sun comes up and let's just end Game it. Over. That's better than like a lifetime of, of torment, right? Absolutely. So it's like the idea of someone who's like, no, I mean, this is how it is now. And I got to sleep in a box with dirt from my <laughs> home country in it, you know? Like, oh, it's so good. Think about what, think about like who that person is. You know, Absolutely. and it's both very scary and very funny. I'm thrilled that the comedy point was closer to the top because one of my only real arguments for you was on a personal level. And it was just that every show I've ever loved gets canceled. And I if know. we kill vampires, we're no, gonna, no, we're going to lose what we do in the shadows. And, and, I, think, I, just and don't wanna. I think something I really appreciate also about what we do in the shadows is how rich that world is with scary things yes, that they have so to direct true, with. So true. Like even the the creepy doll, like just oh, I, I just love, yes. I just love that they like keep that door. Also the, the energy. Waste. Yes. And oh, like, yeah, like energy, energy vampire. sucking vampire. Like brilliant. That see, that is a reinvention of like, that's something new. That's something 
both funny and also he's pretty scary sometimes. Totally. You know? Totally. Relatable. Um, yeah. You, you gotta fear Colin Robinson. I really, I really, really love that. That obviously began as like a very indie, you know, mockumentary. And it's like that I love is a new thing to explore vampires with. And so it's like I, I want nothing but success for what we do in the shadows as it continues because that is reinvigorating vampires. I feel like everybody else needs to like let that show take the forefront and then be like, let's figure out for ourselves. Like they've done something interesting. Like, why don't we? I love it. So in order to make this happen. Yes. What do we got to do? We gotta like sacrifice Ezra Koenig. We gotta like <laughs> we gotta like call up Disney. What do we gotta yeah. do? Um, here's what I would say. I would on a on a very practical level, I would ask development execs okay. who, who pick these shows up. Can you name four other monsters? Great. You know what I mean? That should be part of the job description yes. if you're gonna if you're gonna green light one right. of these. Love that. And and if they say and if the if the fourth monster they say is like Frankenstein, then I, immediately I'm like, well then no, because that's the man who made the monster. So like you like you can't be making decisions nope. here. Anymore, <laughs> you know, <laughs> lost your job. Congratulations. Yes, I I, I don't want to dictate to anyone how to do their job, but I believe in asking questions. In the same way that if you were like, like name four multicams. If people were naming the same four multicams, they'd be like, you got to diversify what you're watching. Absolutely. You know, we got to figure out who the other markets are, who the other demos are. You're so right. There, There's a underground cryptid market. Yes. Oh, waiting, my gosh. Waiting to be seen. Or to be represented. Like lesser mythological creatures, too. I mean, you know, I just I feel like I feel like we've got we've got so much at our disposal. There hasn't been a really good Medusa movie. There really hasn't. I mean, there? it's like you got Clash of the Titans, but it's like she's not at the forefront. What about Sexy Medusa? I'm all about sexy Medusa. I'm going to, I'm going to, cause, cause also like Medusa's origin story is about her, like being the victim of a sex crime. So it's like, I, let's not, maybe not sexy Medusa, but like, um, didn't know that fleshed out Medusa. Love that. Like, let's see something from Medusa's point of view. I feel like that'd be a great movie. I did. What did I just recently watch with sexy Gorgon? Uh, sexy Gorgon. Oh my God. Well, it's like Medusa like hair. Same yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's uh, so Mike wrote for the animated monster high, uh, <gasps> oh which is my God. so fun and so great. I, how did I not think of that in the context of this? Because oh. I, also I have, I have multiple nieces who, obsessed with monster oh High. fantastic yeah, i'm yeah, so yeah. thrilled I, and it's so good and i love it and they do such a great representation so of great. so many monsters. and they've got some weird monsters they in really there they really do but yeah. they do have hot gorgon boy hot played boy by gorgon. hot boy gorgon in the live action <gasps> played by chase dreams what <laughs> on earth is sings, going on and it is magnificent see monster high is doing it like all the rest of y'all aren't yeah, completely and a hot hot boy gorgon that's great i i do think gorgon's i feel like there's a lot there's a lot of fun to be had there and historically specifically with like non um like aggro male monsters sure i feel like banshees big big fan fun. big fan mm -hmm. of figuring banshees out there's like a, a, a whole cultural thing, I think, in Mexico of um, witches who turn into owls who can control electricity. Wow. Which I think is really great. We that is got, so wait, Witches that turn into owls that can control electricity. Yes. Is a fantastic. So can they only control electricity in owl form? I, that's a good question. I, I'm trying to remember what they're called. But we got multiple stories. This is so like one of my favorite things is to realize that there is like a cultural thing happening that is like. There are multiple like um, urban legends about, and and we received multiple stories from uh, listeners who like had family in Mexico or from Mexico themselves. That all of these people were like, my uncle or my grandfather or my aunt is a truck driver in Mexico, and that like they're always seeing these witches who could turn into owls. 
that like one of them, what my favorite <laughs> Amazing. one, my favorite one is that one, some, uh, someone sent in a story that like an uncle was driving a truck and he hit an owl and was like, Oh my God, I hit an owl. And he stops his truck and he like rolls down the window and he looks and there's like an old woman on and the side of the road. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh my, are you okay? Like, let me get out of the, and he gets out of his truck and it, it's an owl again. She flies away oh, and it's like man. a lightning storm sky. So good. Very I mean, good. That's Always a- better when the urban legend comes from your uncle driving a truck yes. and not like, you know, the shishi server like manifestation center. Yeah. Now, if you want to talk <laughs> about a supernatural rom com, yeah. imagine that as the beginning of a movie. Being into being into this owl witch. I love it. Yeah. I love every second of it. I mean, I, that would be so, I, what. Who do I have to pay? I've already invested all my money, Andrew. (laughs) I can't do both. It's either Pink Mist or Sexy Owl Lady. (laughs) The other other thing is like, there has to be some humility here. There might be movies about those owl witches out there. Sure. In in which case, like, please recommend them to me. Oh, please. If you have any of these, definitely let us know. PBS has this YouTube series called Monstrum. Oh. Which is like like ten minute like deep dives into I mean I guess ten minutes it can't be that much of a deep dive but it's like into like regional monsters and, and there's one I feel like it's called El Silbon, oh. um, which I think translates to the Whistler and it's like I feel like this could be kind of a, a new opportunity for a hot sexy monster. We oui, um, oui. so it's it's a tall ghost carrying around a bag with his father's bones in it, <laughs> who he killed because. The father accused his um, son's betrothed of being like a loose woman. Oh, my God. And the whole series is just him trying to find a good spot to put the bag. Yes. And, and also it's like, wouldn't we all wouldn't we all love a significant other who'd, who'd you know, yes. kill, kill their dad if he said For a mean us, thing about absolutely. us? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A significant other who could take out anyone in the world who said a yes. mean thing. Oh, any my mean gosh. Tweet, any mean oh, that's great. <laughs> um, I have a quick game for you. Love it. Uh, This new game is called Would It Change Your Mind If? And I just have a couple uh, questions that I'm wondering if it would change your mind about leaving vampires the way they are. The way that they are in culture. The first and foremost is uh, if you were cast as the lead vampire in the next Taika Waititi hit film slash Hmm. show slash that In that universe, in that universe, like it would change my mind because I do think he did something interesting with vampires and that maybe we could figure out a, maybe I could bring some of the, like another culture's like specific, wonderful vampire tradition into the There could be some collaboration. You're going to notice most of these are just questions about whether or not you'd sell out for cash or fame. I love that. Yeah. That's really the majority of it. Uh, If you got residuals on every, if your entire income was getting residuals on exclusively sexy vampire paraphernalia absolutely would change my mind <laughs> okay, I, this is a multi this is like a billion dollar industry and thrilling thrilling yeah. so yeah, if yeah, you yeah. stay if, if once we're making cash from it disney oh can't be making cash from it but no. once we're in there as the eps they can make as much trash as zero they scruples want. and if we set a quota for content and for every vampire piece that was made we also get to green light another weirdo indie project oh i, th- I like that a lot Great. i like that a lot and i i think yeah that see that to me is naturally that will create more monster diversity in the in the horror landscape. Love you know? it. Um, yeah. No, I'm a big, big, big believer in that. I love it very much. Uh, that's <laughs> fantastic. Let's see. I mean, you've really done a great job dying on this hill. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm so you. impressed with your knowledge of all things vampiric. Thank you. I wish I could draw upon the like specifics, like names and regions of vampire myths more um, 
professionally. You um, are you kidding? You well, crushed it. Thank you. I wish I could be better. <laughs> um, question for you: Who is your favorite vampire? And that would be the oh. one that should be that should be saved. And is there a version that you think we haven't yet mined for? More of it. I know you said rats, the ones yeah, that play with yeah, rats, yeah, yeah. but is there one in the cultural zeitgeist specifically? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. In terms of like my favorite vampire, I mean, obviously like Dracula's great. Dracula's really, really great. Uh, you know, he doesn't need my support. Sure. You know, <laughs> um, there is a short story called Dracula's Guest that was originally supposed to be a chapter in Bram Stoker's Dracula oh, no that way. editors removed, but then it got released separately as its own like ind independent story, which is before Jonathan Harker, who's like the, the sort of one of the protagonists arrives at Dracula's castle. He gets stuck in a snowstorm and has to um, spend a night in a crypt miles from Dracula's castle. And he like goes in this like crypt and there's a woman like perfectly preserved on like a marble slab in there who like comes to life and whoever this gal is, the way it's written is so scary. And I think vampires in snow, very scary. Blood, bl like red blood on white snow. Love that. Very dramatic. <laughs> um, and I, something about her, something about that one vampire who we never hear from again. Like she is, she's like, it, it's just so crazy to me that in this story about Dracula and I see why the editors took it out. Cause they were like, who the hell is this? That, yeah. Who the hell is this lady? <laughs> he just like had an idea and was like, this is a great scene. But I love the idea of like uh, a lady vampire who lives like pretty close to Dracula's castle. And she's like, he gets all the attention. Mm -hmm. And there she is in her little crypt in this little cemetery. And a guy walks into the crypt and she's like, well, this is perfect for me. But then Dracula swoops him up and she oh. doesn't get to. So it's like, I think that would be a very fun movie. Fun. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get to work. Yeah. Ex <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, so, someone who's like, someone who's like, it's always the, like, you know, the count who gets all the attention. Absolutely. And I'm doing good work here. It's the, uh, what's the movie with Mozart and... Uh, oh, it's uh, it, it, Mo uh, Amadeus. Amadeus. Yeah, it's, it's Salieri. Amadeus, but with, yes, Salieri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Salieri the vampire. It's just an extreme jealousy of Dracula. Right. Beautiful. Yeah, and, so, and, and it's like, and she doesn't, it's not, she doesn't want a castle. She's got a mausoleum. She's happy there. But she is like, I'm just as scary in a different way. Absolutely. I want to see, I want to see more of her and then I, I will say like the other vampire trope that I like that doesn't really get talked about a whole lot. A big thing across many cultures spanning the globe, which I think is amazing, is one way to stop a vampire from coming to get you is if you're being pursued by a vampire, you can tr like spill a cup of rice or beans or something that's hard to count. And a vampire will be intrinsically obligated to pick up every stop. grain of this thing before it can continue pursuing you. And I think that is the coolest, weirdest, funniest, I most strange. I relate to that vampire. Yes, exactly. It's the obsessive compulsive Tourette's vampire. And that's what, I, that's what I mean. It's like vampires are strange. Like it's not sexy to see someone do that. No, that's you know? amazing. But it does, it does flesh them out. You're like, okay, this is a, this, this is not just a, um, a single-minded force of evil. Like right. something's going on here. Yes. That's that it needs to count so all these grains funny. of rice. And if you do enough, they're counting until the sun rises and then poof. Boom. Oh, that is yeah. an amazing little short film in and of itself. Wouldn't that be great? I love it. The like specificity of, of that as a thing that like from culture to culture, like why on earth, why on earth would like 
that be a similar tradition halfway across the globe between two places. That is so wild. I, I really am very charmed by that. I'm so charmed by it. Yeah. The, the short film is writing itself. It's literally <laughs> this guy who we see the guy running, you know, first yeah. we're on his side, right? Yeah, we yeah, think yeah. we're with him. We think this monster is happening. Yeah. He spills something, maybe even accidentally, pushes oh, it over trying that. to get him yeah. out of the way. They're of course outside. And he uh, is so alarmed when he sees that the vampire is like, Ah, damn it. I'm going to get you as soon as I get all of this stuff up. As soon as I count all the rice. (laughs) And then it's just sitting in this vampire's head as he counts the rice and thinks about this compulsive habit he has and how he can't break it. And if he doesn't break his compulsive habit soon, it's going to kill him. Right. Why am I like this? this? This is me every time I'm like, Looking at when I take an Uber somewhere, I'm like, oh, well, then I'd get there too early if I if I order the Uber now. But then, but then I'm like, but if I wait longer, what if the time goes up and then I get there late? <laughs> like, and then I'm like, why do this? Just get to the place a little yes, bit early. Yes. Walk around the block. Yes, exactly. But instead, Park no, in a lot. I feel more... Um, like vampires could be any of us from that 100%. than I do from like someone who looks good in a black t-shirt. Cause that actually is more of a, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, you're the best. Uh, I think oh. you've done a fantastic job dying in this hill. Thank you Is very there much. anything else that you really want to say to hit home about why we need to get rid of them or just that we need to? Um, I think I, you know what? The last thing I'll say is for all the vampire lovers out there, I'm there with you. I want to, I, I want to keep them. I want to keep them part of the cultural conversation in a way that feels like new and fresh and exciting. Awesome. A challenge that I can lob out is like, if you're someone who really does love these type of vampire things that I'm railing against, just do some research into a culture that maybe you don't know a whole lot about, figure out something scary about them. So uh, like, like <laughs> fi- fi- not, not the culture, figure out something. Like, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Last Put me in jail right now. No, no, no. I, 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 I took such a turn let for me, a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kidding. Let's have a monoculture. Yeah. No. Um, I think a, a, a lot of, like, good can come from familiarizing yourself with uh, the stories of other cultures. Totally. And I think when it comes to the monsters, like, you learn a lot about, you learn a lot about relating to different people yeah. from yourself. By like what they're afraid of and different absolutely different history yes. different topography even different yeah. different like weird traumas that affected them or diseases or yes. even like i bet you the way that in different parts of the world a body decomposes is probably different exactly too, right? yeah, yeah yeah and i think and i think that like um what as as a as a somewhat fearful person myself why i find myself drawn to scary things is that very often i find it very unifying like um oh, i was talking to to my my personal trainer today um, and she was like, I don't really like going to comedy shows. She's South Korean because she was like, because I, there's so much that I have to understand in order to be on the same page, l- like laughing at the same things. Uh-huh. And there's so much I don't know. But then we were talking about scary movies and she was like, I love scary movies. And she was like, I can, I, I, I will watch a scary movie in a language that I don't know a single word of. And it's like, I feel like I can be a part of it. That you is know? so fascinating because um, you can still sense based on it's like darkness. Yeah. Music makes a huge deal. Exactly. Jump scares are totally. And and I think I, so I think there's I think there's something kind of um, aspirational about that. I love that. Yeah. Also, so, what an insightful trainer. I, I'm a huge fan. Really, really like her a lot. What a, what, a, what a thrill, you know, to have a trainer who you can have conversations like this with. Well, I'm like shaking doing the yeah. stupidest thing imaginable. <laughs> right. like, I'm like so cocky, like, oh, no, I know how to do this. And she's like, right, can you hold your arm out like this holding two pounds? And I'm like. <laughs> Literally never in my life. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, thank you so, so much for Taylor, doing this Taylor, this today. has been an absolute joy. You are the greatest. This is uh, such a great show. Are you ready for me to read you your eulogy? 
I think I've, I've, I've made peace with, with my demise, yeah. Fantastic. We've gathered here today to celebrate the life of Andrew Farmer, who tragically died on the hill of Vampires Take Up Too Much Cultural Space. Andrew is survived by a number of wonderful projects, including Praise PD coming out in 2023. You can continue to follow Andrew's legacy on Instagram and Twitter at That's a Jellyfish. Again, it's at That's a Jellyfish. <laughs> and on TikTok at Andrew D. Farmer. Andrew, we're so grateful for your time here on this podcast and on this earth. And may you rest in peace. And if you do come back, I hope it's not as a vampire for your sake. I do too. Thank you very much, Taylor. <laughs> Just a genuine joy. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Hills I Die On. If you like what you hear, don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review letting us know what you think. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Hills I Die On Podcast and on Twitter at Hills I Die On. Follow me on Twitter slash Instagram at I'm Taylor Cox. Thanks again for listening and hope to see you next week.